My dearest Brian, a guy like me looks in the mirror. He either grins or he starts to fade away. And I haven't seen anything to grin about in a long time. This may not be the most graceful exit, but I know when the bottle's empty. But the only thing I'm really going to miss is the conversations we had going. At least I get the last word, even if I had to mail it in. Coglin's law. Bury the dead. They stink up the joint. As for the rest of Coglin's laws, ignore them. The guy was always full of shit. <laughs> but I guess you knew that already. Not a good sign for the Nightfly with Dave Juskow. This music always means something evil has happened in the world of your pal, Dave Juskow. Because yet I'm just not in the mood to celebrate. I got to tell you something. If I was a normal person, I wouldn't have even put out a podcast today. But you know what? How can I not tell you what's happening? Because this is what we've, we do every week. So this is the Nightfly recording on the usual Sunday loop that we've lately been in. And uh, yeah, it was either record this or do nothing. And then people would have asked questions and I would have had to tell them. And um, I don't know. It would be impossible for me to pretend that nothing is happening uh, because it's just I can't stop telling everybody. Because it's affecting my life and it's depressing me and it's making me feel alone and quite frankly suicidal. And uh, it's real messed up. But uh, we're going to talk about it today and we're going to get through it together. And, uh, you know, we'll play some clips that make us happy. And that's the best we can do. I mean, it has been a, a horrible, bleak weekend and. At least in New York City, I know a lot of the country has a lot of flooding and stuff like that. And it's just, it's not obviously as bad here, but it's just been bleak and sad and depressing. I mean, it's rained every day. It's been cloudy every day. And um, it's just been really frustrating because, you know, when you're already down for something else and then it's already the weather's bad too. Is that necessary? Anyway, as most of you know... Um, I uh, have a, a regular job, and on uh, Friday, I found out that that job became compromised in the form of the receptionist at my uh, firm, um, uh, what do you call it, uh, uh, making a, I guess, some form of complaint or claim or sexual harassment. I don't, I don't even know. They won't even tell me about me doing something. I don't even know what it is. On Friday at 5 o'clock, my boss came in, the head boss came in and told me not to come to work. They suspended me, but they won't even tell me what the, the story is. But the uh, receptions, I guess, I guess, that's what I was told, uh, made some form of claim that I must have done something inappropriate. Um, and it is, it's bothering me for many reasons. Now... Uh, you know, when you think of this. So so what I'm trying to say is Dave Juska has been me tooed. And all the uh, complaining I do about others, you know, when I'm upset about people like Louie, uh, you know, who I'm always batting for, because I don't think what he did was so wrong. And I've always said that. It's not like I'm changing my tune today. And there's certain people that, uh, you know, should get a break because they uh, they're okay and they're just caught up in this Stuff, you know, until it works itself out. It's just a bad time for old men like myself, I guess. And, um, you know, it just, what are you, you going to do? So, I, you know, how do you get into it? How do I get into it? Should I be talking about it? Probably not. Who cares? What the fuck do I care? I couldn't care less. What are they going to do? You know, I'll lose my job, I guess. But that's it. 
you know, I'm not going to prison because I'm talking about it. Uh, I have to talk about it. That's just what I am. That's what I do. I, unfortunately, my friend Lee Maracas, his dad died uh, over the weekend, so I had to go to a wake on Friday. Like, right after I found out, I went to the wake. Right after I found out, 5 o'clock, they told me not to come in Monday. I said, and this, of course, will be coming out Tuesday, so maybe I'll, I'll know more by them. But, um, and then, you know, I had to go to the wake. And, you know, I'm usually in a very good mood at wakes and funerals. You know, I uh, treat death a, a different way than everyone else. And, um, but, yeah, I just had to tell everybody what was going on because I just can't. You know, sometimes when I'm pretty good at a funeral. I make people happy. I do joke around. And I think people like it sometimes because everybody's so bleak, obviously, at a funeral. You know, I mean, this isn't a, a, a tragedy. It was an old man, and he, he wanted to go. He stopped taking his cancer treatments, so he went on his own terms. And um, But I was just so down, obviously, for, you know, pretty good reasons. And, I again, I I don't even know what the situation is, and that makes it worse. And the worst part is, and this is what's killing me inside, is that my friends at the office... You know, Joe and Caitlin, who are involved, they, they're ghosting me. I'm not even allowed to talk to them. These are like my best friends that I talk to on the weekends. And they're, and they're ghosting me, which I guess they have to do legally, but I still say it's bullshit. I mean, are we friends or are we not friends? I don't know what's going on. Who cares? So, all right. So, if that, I'm sorry that uh, things are stupid or whatever. But I don't think I did anything wrong, but I guess that'll come out with whatever the these charges are or whatever. Now, here's, you know, I'll just tell you what happened or what I think is the problem. I really don't know. No one's told me. My only guess is that um, the receptionist always begs me to go out with her. She's 23. And therein, I suppose, lies the issue. You know, what's an old man doing with the 23? Oh, but you know me, I go out with a lot of... People of all ages, and we've talked about that a hundred times on this podcast. And uh, she's like, when are we going out? When are you going to take me out? When are you going to take me out? You go out with all your other friends. How come you're not going to take me out? She's like, take me out. We've been out before. We've had dinner a couple times. Some awkward hugging has gone on. So this time we went out. There was no exception. I told you the uh, HR guy was gone. So she hated the HR guy. I hated the HR guy. So we went out. Um... After he left um, and went to a couple of bars, we're having an okay time. And then, I mean, I'm just cutting to the chase because I really don't, you know, I've been going back and forth in my head. So as you know, I mean, I've just been trying to, um, you know, I got a little more confidence from doing the, the Sarah shows. And this time of the year when that happens, I usually ask girls out. So... We're at the bar. She's, I don't know, whatever. We're having a good time. We're just at a public place. And I lean in to kiss her because I don't care. What do I care? I'm a single guy. She's single. She's not dating her boyfriend anymore. I'm thinking, what the hell, right? I mean, it's not like I, uh, I'm a monster. I didn't, I didn't, you know, force her in anything. I leaned in. She pulled away. And then I stopped. I, again, I don't even know whether this is the thing. Maybe it's something else. I don't even know what I'm talking about. This is the only thing I know that happened on Tuesday. And then she stopped and I stopped. And then everything was seemed fine. Then when we left the place, we still hung out there. There was no issue. She didn't say, I can't believe you just tried to do that. It was nothing like that. In fact, when we left, she said, you know what? You're going to have to do a lot more to get a piece of this. You're going to have to work a lot harder if you want a piece of this. She said it three times. So at that point, I'm saying, oh, they're, you know, she's okay with it. I just got to put in more time. And then we held hands and I walked her to the subway. I offered her a cab home, but she uh, took the subway home. Uh, the next day at work, I, uh, you know, told everybody, well, we had a nice night. and say anything. You know, it was, I, I didn't come back to work saying, oh, I really fucked up. I fucked up. Because I didn't even think for a second that anything was wrong. And then I even saw her the day, and I say, it was a fun time, right? And she's like, uh-huh. And I could see something was wrong, but I really didn't think it had anything to do with me. And then on Friday, uh, the managing partner came in and told me I'm not allowed to talk to her. I'm not allowed to talk to the paralegals, and I, and I can't come to work on Monday. 
I've been me tooed. And it pisses me off, obviously, because um, I don't know, you know, all the stuff, you know, when you hear about all the people that have been me tooed or fired or anything, you know, where somebody's feeling uncomfortable, um, you know, you, you want it to be somebody who came to the door in their bathrobe or pulled off their pants or said something crude. And I mean, I've done over 200 podcasts. I don't talk crude sexually. Uh, I mean, you know, I would just say it here. You know how I am. I don't, I just don't talk that kind of way. So there's none of that. It's not like I'm like, hey, baby, you know, like me, you know, I just have to do the Travolta thing sometimes. Like, come on, why not? Why can't we make out? Um, That's about the most that I would press. Why not? Listen, I don't want you coming on to me. Why not? Um, didn't even think twice about it. I didn't care. I'm like, uh, you know, I really just didn't even think twice. I, you know, my pants were on the entire time. I, I, and I always back off. I'm afraid of, uh, to be that guy. I know what world we're living in, but I don't need to know what world we're living in. I wasn't like that growing up anyway, but you know, you want to try because I'm still a man. I guess. Of course, now I'm all very confused. Now I have no idea what to do. The funny thing is the next night, uh, two days later on Thursday, I took another girl out, even younger than her. You know, it's just the the way it happened. Worked out. This girl's like, come on, we got to hang out. We got to hang out. We got to hang out. I'm like, why are you bothering me? I, 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 (laughs) yeah, am I getting mixed messages? I guess. But remember, you know, I know nothing about mixed messages. We can play that scene from Play It Again, Sam, a hundred times. Oh, my God, I've turned men around. I love sex. I love sex. What do you take me for? I mean, that's what's been happening my whole life. So I didn't think anything different, but you got to try, right? And, um, you know, but you try and not to accept, but maybe you can't even do that anymore. I don't know. Somebody told me in colleges they're trying to get written consent before they make any kind of move. And, of course, you know, if you're around my age, if you're in your 40s or 50s, I mean, all we've been taught is that the man has to make the move. I mean, in Saturday Night Fever, she's like, you, just, you shouldn't have talked about it. You should have just done it. That's all we've been taught. I know times are changing, but I'm not exactly sure. I mean, you're still supposed to be a man, right? I don't know. Maybe not. But obviously, this girl is a little kooky. I mean, she's insane. She's really insane. Uh, she doesn't have any friends. I've always felt sorry for her when people are like, you better be careful with her. They all said it. Everybody the officer, you better be careful with her. Better be careful. But I actually didn't think it would be something like this. You know, I guess uh, I thought when they were saying be careful, maybe you'll hurt her feelings or something, you know. But she didn't have any friends. In fact, the night we went out, she was on a site where you can meet new friends. And she was going to meet a new friend. I mean, that's how bad it is for her. So I always felt bad for her. I felt sorry for her. She seemed alone. Remember, I tried to help her find a new place. So, and really, there'd be no reason to not think she didn't like me, uh, especially after saying those things afterwards. But again, uh, we don't even know if this is the case. Uh, As far as we're concerned, well, it's her who's bringing up the thing. So that has to be it, right? Uh, Because I did hear she was in the office uh, upset. But uh, I don't know. You know, I mean, is it a scam? Is it... Is she trying to get some settlement from the firm? Um, you know, why did she choose the day after the HR guy left? I, I would think that go the opposite way on that, but maybe it's some form of setup or something. My guess is the way the managing partner was talking is that things will be okay. He didn't seem that there was a problem. He's just got to take care of it professionally. But I'll tell you, if I get fired from this, I'm going to be pissed. And I'm, I'm going to bring in a lawyer because this is not fair that one, uh, you know, crazy female can bring down 20 years of dedicated service. And I know that's the way it's working these days. But what? I'm sorry I made her feel uncomfortable. All I have to do is apologize because I didn't know. There'd be no reason to believe we there's some very awkward things that were happening between us. Every count she could say. This happened, I could say the opposite way. But of course, I'm going to lose every time. I'm the creepy old man. I'm going to lose every time, especially in this climate. And that's going to piss me off.
And I'll tell you, it is ruined this weekend for sure. Because now, you know, I'm off work, so I'm trying to think of it. I'm like, well, I got Monday off. That's great. But, you know, come on. I'm a dedicated employee. I'm a dedicated, I'm a, I am the one thing I have going for me in this life is that I have an unbelievable work ethic. And you guys know I'd prefer to be at work than to be doing stand-up comedy. When Sarah Silverman asked me to open for her, I'm like, ah, that'll take me away from the office. I mean, that's the way I think. So I don't like being off of work. I don't want to have a holiday. I can't think of it that way. Um, it's it's just bothering me. I'm telling you, I'm on I'm on the verge of tears talking about this because it's very upsetting. It's it's ruined my week, and I can't stop thinking about. It. Obviously, I'm playing it over and over in my head. And so, if we take this scenario, you know, like so, Friday night was a disaster. I mean, just a disaster. We went to the wake. I'm telling everybody. Because I have to be honest. I have to be honest. That's I can't possibly pretend to do a podcast and, and play clips and pretend that nothing has happened. It's eating me up inside. The last two nights on Friday and Saturday, I have Googled how to commit suicide because I'm, I'm more embarrassed than anything else. If, if When people find out about this, if they find out about it, the office... I'm just, it's an embarrassment is more than anything else. I don't care about this girl. I don't care if she's uncomfortable. I'm doing the air quotes. I don't give a shit about this asshole who I thought we were friends. So why didn't she come up to me? I don't like that you did that. And I would have said, oh, I'm complete. You don't think I would have said I'm completely sorry. That'll never happen again. I I misjudged. I'm very sorry. Or I would say I took a chance. I'm sorry. I'm very sorry. And I am sorry, and I wouldn't do it again. But she's got to go in and tell people. I mean, what, why not come? We've been friends for a year. We text each other. We go out after work. I really don't think I did anything. I'm dying to know what the, the story is, of course. I keep going it over in my head. I can't sleep. I'm having trouble sleeping, obviously. Uh, I'm not enjoying anything. I can't watch TV. Everything is jaded. Every show where a man's talking to a woman, I'm like, oh, maybe I did this. Maybe I did that. I can't watch any TV that usually makes me happy. Uh, And so it's more of the embarrassment, again, of being this age and being kind of a loser. Um, You know, my whole life. And, you know, it's just, it's, it just always continues, you know? There's always some form of issue that no one else has, you know, that I know. I get into trouble of, uh, or things happen to me that uh, don't happen to normal people. And it's just, it's getting embarrassing. I mean, you know, a year from now, when all this blows over, even if I was to get fired, I mean, I know we'll laugh at it and Rachel will tell the story at the Comedy Cellar and it'll be awesome and it'll be classic. And the fact of the matter is, if I were to get fired for the stuff I was doing that day anyway, I kept going around because the HR guy was gone. I kept telling all the girls in the office, they were hot. (laughs) I was just like, I mean, if I get fired for that, that's hilarious and I could live with that. The HR guy was his last day, and I told everybody they were they they looked good and they 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 were dressed nice. Yeah, that's right. And I'll tell you, I'll do that on stage till the day I die. That Dave Jeffscow in 2019 was able to tell the girls in the office something that they look pretty, or that their hair looks nice today, because the HR guy left, and I said, "Fuck all of it. This whole thing is a fucking joke." And I'm going to tell the girls not. Whatever they think is creepy, I'm going to say, you look nice today. You're dressed nice. I like those colors. <laughs> and that, and that, and getting, you know, if I got fired that way, I mean, that's hilarious in itself. So who cares, right? But this thing, this is going to devastate me. And, and the worst part is, of course, that my friends won't talk to me. I mean, that's the worst part of it. I guess, 
I guess, I mean, all right, if you're Kevin Spacey, I mean, this guy did some serious shit, right? I mean, we're talking about the people that have done serious shit where their pants are off and some shit has happened, right? So obviously I've never, I've done, I haven't done any Harvey Weinstein shit. I didn't promise this girl anything. I'm not her boss. I didn't promise her I was going to get her a marketing job. If anything, I told her I'd help her get another job, but I didn't, I didn't promise anything. So I'm in the lowest end of the totem pole of any of these real creeps. And I can, but now I'm thinking to myself, with Louie, I wonder if like some of his friends that he's had for 30 years just distanced themselves. That's got to be, that's the worst part of all. And Louie didn't do anything except tell these girls, hey, I'm going to masturbate in front of you. If you want to come upstairs and see that, please feel free to come up. And now the guy is just blacklisted. I don't think he cares, but who knows? Maybe he feels like I do. Hey, where are all my friends now? We're all the people that I thought were my friends. And then they turn on you. I know a lot of them have to turn because they have to. But the worst part is I just, I feel like I call these guys on the weekends. I don't really have that many friends anymore. I've been trying to call Sarah and tell her what's happening, but she's been like really busy. She was um, putting a show on it together at Lago. And two hours before Zach Galifianakis canceled. You know, and she's like, Jessica, I'd love to talk. I really want to talk. I'm so sorry. I know something's going on, but I, I, I got to get I'm like, no, you know what? You don't have to explain that because I, I produce shows too where people cancel the last minute. So I know what you're going through. I said, call Jeff. Call Jeff and have him bail you out. And she's like, that's a good idea. I'll call Jeff. And then I felt horrible because I was on Instagram. I saw Jeff was in Vegas uh, opening the new Jimmy Kimmel Comedy Club, which is going to be devastating for the comedy seller, probably. Uh, but everything's tainted now because even if I was to lose my job because you know of course the first thing you know I'm going to lose my job how am I going to survive you know the first thing you think about when something like this happens I'm going to lose my job I'm going to get fired you know and then and then on Saturday morning I had some coffee you know I had to go to the funeral really early so I had to dress up in a jacket and tie on Saturday morning at 8.30 like I'm going to court like I'm going to trial I'm like well this is probably what I'm going to wear if I have to go to trial or something. I mean, I'm sure it won't come to that, but I'm just saying, if I these kind of people where they get into these kind of mess, they have to go to. Oh my god, this must be the feeling they have. Like fuck, I got to go to trial. I mean, I've had this feeling before where you don't know what's happening and something's happening Monday. Like when I knew I had to turn myself in to get arrested. It's like that. It's like you're waiting, and you know what you have. How are you supposed to sleep on that? It's like I might as well just have those staples in the back of my head again. It ruined what could have been a lovely weekend of doing absolutely nothing. I mean, Saturday, I was supposed to have the most delightful day. I was doing a walk for charity for my friend's dad, for my friend's dead dad, what we do every year. Unfortunately, her husband's dad died, so we had to mix up the dads, then get a pedicure, and then go to live PD on A&E and, and, and see the running. I mean, that was a lovely Saturday of, of doing nothing and just hanging around in a day where you don't work. A perfect Saturday. And uh, and then and then the worst part is my friends, Joe and Caitlin, I I I, I text them because they're they're obsessed with live PD on A and E. It's a cop show. I don't know if you've seen it. It's, it's like the most watched cable show there is. I didn't know, but they taught me about it. Then it turns out my friend Evan works on the show. They tape right down the street from my house. So I'm like, yeah, I want to go check out the, you know, because I can see them on TV a lot. It's exciting when they go to the control room. I got pictures. Maybe you've seen them on Facebook. I'll probably, I'll put them on Instagram next week. And, and he, uh, and I, and I text those guys. I'm like, look, you, you, you know, I know we can't talk now. You guys hate me, but I, someday maybe we'll be friends again. I'm going to A&E if you got questions and they fucking ghost me. They ghost me. I guess legally they can't say anything. You fucking believe this? 15 years of friendship. That's the worst part of all. I can't even talk to them about it. You know, at least I would always be able to call those guys and they're ghosting me. I'm going to this show. They can't even text me back like with regular questions that has nothing to do with work. That's what makes me even more upset, furious, embarrassed. I don't know whether I can ever be friends with these guys again after this. I know they have to do this, I guess, but I still say, you know, we're all friends. They know all the facts, I guess, unless, I mean, they're not telling me anything. 
you can maybe help me out, give me a heads up what the hell is going on. I don't know what happens after this. That's the worst part, too. I go to lunch with these guys every goddamn day. We're best friends, or I thought we were. You know? That's the worst part. You know, just the embarrassment again, again, of there being a problem. Like, I mean, you know, I mean, we know it's all funny when the HR director tried to kill me at the office Christmas party. That's hilarious. If he, I'm pretty sure I've told you that story. I mean, Rachel tells it all the time. It's her favorite story. It's probably one of the stories that the reason I'm not allowed to perform at the Comedy Cellar, those guys, when Rachel started telling the story to everybody, I mean, they loved it. They thought it was hilarious, and it is hilarious. But at the time, I was really upset about it because it's just so embarrassing. You know, it takes time to get over, but it's still an embarrassment. I know I'm a fool. I know I'm an idiot. I've been that way my whole life. But there's still a form of embarrassment until, you know, years passed and you get over it. I know I do stupid stuff. I know I'm a jackass. I play the role of the fool many times because I know it's funny. But to really be the fool, this is just horrible. Like, I want to play the fool on my terms, you know, not on somebody else's. It's just devastatingly embarrassment. So then I, I went to that live PD, and those people were nothing but nice. I met all the guys, the cops that you know run the show, and I talked to this the one guy, Tom. Um, for, first of all, they're all tall and very in shape and handsome in person. They're really amazing. And he said he his uh, sister is like the best HR person in the world. He was going to ask her what he thinks of this. You know, I told him, I told everybody the whole story. I told everybody what happened. I was very honest. I tried to kiss her. I'm assuming that's what it is. I guess. Uh, And you know how embarrassing that is for me at this point? But I tell you guys that all the time. I'm like, yeah, I made the move. We talk about it all the time. I don't care. I mean, listen, when I'm putting myself out there telling you guys I tried to kiss and it's rebuffed, you know how humiliating that is? But it has become funny. But you know me. I mean, I tell you everything. I, I never say, like, I press. You know, why not? And, of course, that's the end of it because I'm a regular person. I'm not a monster. I don't be like, come on, baby. You know you want it. I don't even joke about saying something like that. So that's why this is just so horrible. And then I went to my, uh, you know, I was just, wa- I've been walking everywhere. I walked up to, like, 80th Street in Madison to the, the wake and then I walked up to the funeral on 74th and then I walked across the park on Saturday to go to their house like I just can't even I got to be alone with my thoughts I can't even put on the radio the radio see how old am I I can't even I I couldn't even listen to a, a podcast or Spotify music I just everything is tainted and you know I'm just like I'm like how do I how do I even do a podcast now how do I even do it? Um, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta talk about this. I must, right? I can't. I, I would be. I'm almost in tears now. How would I be able to put on a podcast without talking about it? I've been telling everybody. My life is an open book. You know everything. There are no secrets. And that's the thing. When I go into the managing partner too, I'm like, I'm gonna tell them everything. The truth, unless there's something I'm missing, that something happened that I don't know about, that I have forgotten. It's just, the whole thing is upsetting. I can't stop thinking about it. It's so weird. It just plays over and over again in my head. I can picture myself in his office on Tuesday. I can, you know, and then I, I... I don't I don't know how to I don't know how to process this. What happens uh, even if it and it seems like, you know, the magic party came in, it seems like he believes me. He's like, you know, don't worry, pal, we'll figure this out. You know, I'll work this out. He was like, he's very it, it seems like they seem to know that this woman is unstable and it's not gonna be a problem. But you know, once again, something comes up with me when I just don't want any problems. And you know, and that's the thing. I I really do try and help people all the time. I I try and help her. I tried to help her find an apartment. I try and help her. I wasn't trying to get anything out of it. 
I mean, I really try and help people all the time. I try and help them get jobs. I try and help them get apartments. I try and help them with their families. Whatever I feel I can do, if I hear something from somebody else, you know, I'm like, oh, that maybe that'll help my friend so I can help them. And you'd like to think that it turns around where people help you. But right now, I feel I got nobody in my corner. I got no one to call. I called my sister, but... You know, I know she's got a show, so I couldn't talk to her. I finally got to talk to her. She was picking up, uh, you know, Liza from school, so she had a, a car ride. So, you know, I was on the phone with her and Dory in the car, and I'm like, oh, screw it. I'll tell you both what's happening. I mean, how embarrassing is this for my nieces? I mean, the the the, the girl is Dory's age probably. You know, it's, it's so embarrassing. I got to feel like a pervert in front of my nieces. But I... Uh, so, yeah, but I don't have anybody to call and talk to about it. And that's the worst part. You know, I just feel like I got no one. I was like walking through the park. I'm like, let me make some calls. I put my headphones on. I'm like, let me make some calls. I'm like, who am I calling? Who am I calling? I told Leah already. I tried to call Rachel. I like calling Rachel, but she's on the road. She's in Austin. She's working. Everybody's working. I tried to call Sarah. She's too busy. I didn't know she was back in LA. I thought maybe she was still in New York. And yesterday, so I'm at Live PD, right? This girl sits down. And I'm talking to her, and I say, oh, do you want an extra napkin? I'm getting nervous. I said, because we're eating there, and she is pretty, and now I'm afraid to give her an extra napkin. And then she dropped her fork, and I'm like, I can get you another one, but I'm afraid to now say, let me get you another fork, because somehow that's going to be considered some form of douchery that I made her feel uncomfortable. I mean, this is ridiculous. So, I mean, you know, I guess that's it then. I guess I guess I just won't talk to anybody anymore. I don't know what else to do. I mean, this is going to take a grace period of, I don't want to, I don't even want to perform anymore. I don't want to go on stage with anybody. I don't want to see anybody. I don't want to be in a room where I could possibly say something to somebody that somebody's going to get me in some form of trouble. I mean, at this point, I probably just don't want to work there anyway. I mean, it's been 20 years. Maybe it's time to move on. It was, it's a good job. I really like the people there. And, you know, I really have been a very dedicated employee, very dedicated. And, you know, whatever my outside personality is like, I did deserve that promotion. I, I have been very dedicated all these years and I still am. After he told me that, I still finished his job I was working on for him, you know, because that's how dedicated I am. I should have just walked right out. But, uh, yeah, you know, and so so then yesterday, I'm watching the, the Porn Awards on HBO, and Esther Koo was the host. I, I didn't even know she was the host of the Porn Awards. And I'm like, well, what am I supposed to do? I'm working at this job. My friend, who is, I mean, Esther and I are friends. We talk a lot. What am I supposed to do? My friend is the host of the goddamn porn awards. That's my third friend who's the host of the porn awards. And I work at a regular job. So, you know, what am I supposed to do? I, if it, You know, I mean, it's, I, I guess... It's it's almost an impossible circumstance that I guarantee you there's no one else you know that that lives this life. You know, where I would even think for a second that there's going to be a problem in trying to kiss somebody politely, politely, in the most politest way. <laughs> that you can try and be a man still and, and, and make a move. And if they rebuff, you say, okay, I'll see you later. Don't get angry. Why not? Host of the goddamn porn awards. I didn't I didn't know she was the host. I don't know why I didn't know that. I knew she was there. She said she was hosting, but I thought she was kidding. And there she is on TV. She certainly looks pretty enough. But, you know, there's a, another example. There's something. Okay, so I tried to make the move with Esther Koo, which we all talked about. We've talked about it on multiple podcasts. 
She rebuffed because, and she knows, and I got mad at her. Remember, I got mad at her because, I mean, no, she was definitely leading me on. I mean, that's a fact. We've already discussed it on her show and my show and through Twitter. Uh, but we talked about, it. we talked it over, we worked it out, and now we're very, we're very close. Actually, we're very close friends. I try and help her out too. She had some problem with some crazy stalker, and I tried to help her uh, craft some letters. I tried to help her get some people from my office to talk about what she should do. You know, we worked it out. We talked it out. And now we're friends. We're very friendly, very close. And you know what the funny thing is, is like the last time I got suspended at my office, which is kind of, this is the third fucking time. Uh, wasn't my fault. They suspended me because... They were terrified of the black lesbian. I'll tell you now what she was going to do. So they suspended me. Well, he won't mind. He's used to being suspended. So I got suspended. They've made it very clear that that was the reason. I should not have been suspended. I didn't do anything wrong. There were witnesses to say that very effect. And this girl went around the office, as I have now found out, telling everybody I used the N-word towards her. And as far as everybody in that office was concerned, secretaries, they thought that's what I did. And for some reason, they still, even the black people still talk to me. When I found out that that's what they thought I did, I couldn't believe, I'm like, how are you guys even talking to me then? I I mean, uh, and but here's the best part. Me and that girl, we're like very friendly now. We text all the time. You know, I try and hook her up in California when her and her, her uh, wife go to town. Like, we we worked it out. But she did lie about that end thing. I did not, I did not say that. You think I don't know not to do that at the office? But it was pretty messed up that uh, everybody thought that. You know, that's the worst part. You don't even know what people are talking about you. And that's the other thing, too. If this girl, the receptionist, told all the paralegals, I already got trouble with them already because I made one of them cry the other day. I'm a mess, right? I may want to cry because these kids, they're all unstable because everybody's taught, uh, everybody's better than everybody, nobody's better than anybody else. We're, we're, we're growing up a nation of pussies. It's like an Arthur. The Russians are learning how to fight. Everyone is just learning how to dance. That's all we're doing is dancing. I mean, this is what's happening, I guess. Everybody's uptight, everybody's unstable. Nobody's a man. Nobody's even a woman. I don't know what the hell's going on, right? People are gender fluid. I mean, this is the kind of stuff our grandfathers would say, like, I don't know what's happening. I mean, here we are. This is the age. I don't get what's happening. Well, you better get with it, I guess, because, you know, you're just going to, if you don't get with it, you're going to die a slow death of just not knowing what's going on, and that's no way to live. I'm out and about. I do hang out with the young kids. I do the best I can. I don't like that everybody's politically correct these days, obviously, because it's much more fun to be politically incorrect, and especially if you're in the comedy world. It's it's a disaster, and Atel and I and Sarah and I have had these talks so many times, and I guess most of it is just with the social media, which has made everything... Uh, Quite the disaster, I guess. Instagram is taking away likes. They're not going to have likes anymore when you post because it was driving people crazy. And you know what? They're right. When I sit there and I post something and I get 34 likes, I'm like, oh, no, what happened? Like, you know, I don't have that many followers. So if I get 100, I get really excited. If I get 189, that's really funny. But, you know, my friend Michelle was telling me that her daughter was 17 on her birthday when, when there was Instagram, but there was Facebook and, and she posted on her birthday, she was stressed out. She couldn't enjoy her birthday because she was stressed out. She might not get enough likes. So that's the thing. They, they, it's an interesting thing to take away. It does stress a lot of people. And it's funny to stress somebody like me who's older who shouldn't care, but, you know, you get into it. Because the fact of the matter is if you're going to join one of those things that's technically for younger people or whatever, 
then you get involved. I mean, it's the way we all feel about our cell phones. We can mock them and say things, you know, oh, it was better without phones, but you'd be lying. Phones are awesome. And anybody of any age, it feels lost and naked if they forget their phone at home. We got to go back and get it. There's no way I can survive a day without my phone. And I don't care how old you are. That That's a thing. And there's never been anything like that in life. You never had to go back and get anything that, you know, was like, oh, my God, my entire life is in there. My entire life. It's not like a wallet. You're like, oh, I'll get it when I get home. I mean, you know, if you don't have any money or anything, but I mean, your your phone is it's got everything. And we're all involved. Uh, anyway. Oh, it's nice to talk about with you guys, though, I got to say. Uh, you know, I just I just said I'll sit down. I just I went out to breakfast with Kenny and Jody, that horrible diner that just I mean, I love that diner because it's so bright and everything. And it's nice, even though it's a rainy day. It's the prices. What do you I, they, they raised the price again. Eighteen dollars and ten cents for a Western omelet. Eighteen dollars and ten cents. French toast is about seventeen dollars. I mean, that that's that's insane. There's a diner up the street that charges half of that. I didn't feel like going there. I like this diner. I don't know why. Food's just okay. It's bright. It's like really full of windows. And like I say, I live in a dingy apartment except for the bedroom, which usually has light, but today it's dingy. It's nice to have bright light. And that's the other thing. I mean, maybe if maybe if the sun was shining, I could feel differently. You know, because we all know when the sun is shining, the weight is lifted. And after the awful deed is done, he, he finds that he's plagued by deep-rooted guilt. Little sparks of his religious background, which he'd rejected, are suddenly stirred up. He hears his father's voice. He imagines that God is watching his every move. Suddenly, it's not an empty universe at all, but a, a just and moral one, and he's violated it. Now he's panic-stricken. He's on the verge of a mental collapse. Well, this is me the last couple of days. I can tell you that exact thing, because I have been seriously, like, I was glad I was in church the other day on Saturday. I was thinking about going today. I was walking past the church on Saturday night. I'm like, I want to go in there and I want to just learn some church stuff. I just, I need my, whatever, anybody's religious background right now. I don't care whether it's temple. It's just, oh God, those Jews are annoying. So it's tough for the church. I feel like they'll just let you in and let you sit there and listen to what they got to say. And I feel I'm going to be judged in the afterlife now. I mean, this is how bad this is going on in my mind. I'm on the verge of a mental collapse. An inch away from confessing the whole thing to the police. And then one morning, he awakens. And the sun is shining and his family is around him. Mysteriously, the, the crisis is lifted. He takes his family on a vacation to Europe and as the months pass, he finds he's not punished. In fact, he prospers. The killing gets attributed to another person, a drifter, who has a number of other murders to his credit, so, I mean, what the hell, one more doesn't even matter. Now he's scot-free. His life is completely back to normal. Back to his protected world of wealth and privilege. You know, and that's the thing, too. I was thinking about this girl, you know, because I'm waiting for the sun to rise and be, of course, I won't be surrounded by family. I don't even have my cat anymore. But, you know, I could be surrounded by my cellar family, I suppose. I guess if that's all, if that's what it takes, because I don't feel that feeling when I'm surrounded by my sister or her kids. So I guess that's, that's what I got, right? So that's not a horrible thing, but... But, you know, when the sun shines, you do feel better, right? I mean, that's a thing. But then I was saying, so then I was thinking, I went out with the girl who's younger than this girl. So it's a case-by-case basis for me, which I've always said, right? 
I don't care if she's 23. I don't care if she's 22. As long as she's over 18, I mean, I don't really give a shit. And I'll treat, I treat everybody the exact same age does not make a difference to me. This girl is obviously unstable and crazy. As everybody in my office told me, but I didn't care. I was like, she seems okay and I feel bad for her. But when I stayed, I went out with the other girl on, on Thursday and we went to the we went to the art show. This girl was cool and she was interesting and she knew about Woody Allen and she's like and we talked about it, uh, you know, uh, you know, about crimes and misdemeanors and and uh, stuff. And this other girl is, is just a moron and she didn't, you know, know anything about it, and she's just not she is her age. And that's the difference. When I meet other people that age, they're just a little wiser, certainly smarter than I was at 22 or 23, and they're easy to talk to. I mean, they're old souls somehow inside. This girl wasn't like that, but, you know, she was always looking for activities to do after work, and so was I, because, I mean, we're all lonely and bored. I mean, I'm lonely and bored because all my friends are dead or married or moved out of the city. I don't know what to do. I just, I sit here and watch TV all night. I mean, it's horrible. And and then I have days where I perform in front of 3,000 people. I don't understand the juxtaposition between the two. I don't know why it's one day it's ridiculous and the next day it's something else. I mean, it's just, it's just the way it's been working out. I mean, I wish there was a little more consistency because it's very confusing. But I, I don't have anything to do. I don't have any responsibilities. You know, I mean, I still, I'm still dating the way I dated because that's the problem. It's like you date this way, you date the only way you know since you're 18. That's the only thing I know. I've never been married. I've always been looking to date. Me and and, and Atel and, and all the, the comics I know and I don't know, I'm just picking names out of a Greg Rogel and 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 Sam Morell and all these people that are single and you know we've had girlfriends on occasion but we all just date the way we grew up dating and it never changes unless you've been married if you've been married for a period of time or maybe been in a very serious relationship or live with somebody I guess you come out of that saying wow dating is different but for me dating has never been different it's always been the exact same And you know, how many times have we talked about this podcast where I won't make a move? And they're like, how come you didn't do try anything? And I'm like, I don't I didn't know I was supposed to. I don't know what you people want. Yeah, you people. Let's just listen to the rest of it because I like hearing Woody's voice. There's another, yes, you know, another can, pervert. Can he ever really go back? Well, people carry sins around with them. I mean, Oh, maybe once in a while he has a bad moment, but it passes. And with time, it all fades. Yeah, but, but so then, you know, then his worst, his worst beliefs are realized. Well, I said it was a chilling story, didn't I? <laughs> I don't know. It, it'd be, I think it'd be tough for somebody to live with that. You know, it's, very few guys could, could actually live you know to live with something like that on their conscience I mean, people carry awful deeds around with them and what what do you expect them to do turn himself in i mean this is reality in reality we we rationalize we deny or we, we couldn't go on living here's what i would do i would have him turn himself in because then you see, then your story assumes tragic proportions because in the absence of a god or something he is forced to assume that responsibility himself. In the absence of an HR director, I'm forced to assume that responsibility myself. Don't you see what they're saying? It all makes sense. Boy, don't you? And you know, now, I mean, it's like you just feel bad. When you're accused of something that um, is seen by somebody else as being something different, it's terrifying. Because, I mean, Woody Allen, right? I Okay, I, I'm, I'm just going to say, I don't believe he did anything with his daughter... I mean, we know what he did with his stepdaughter, right? Okay, we get that. And then that's messed up on a different level. But, you know, with the stuff there, the accusations with Dylan and all that kind of stuff, I'm just going to say something's taken out of context. It just, 
it just doesn't add up. And but just whatever the case may be, I mean, at least he's got, you know, he's got money and he's got a wife and you know a legacy behind him. I mean, I got nothing. And being accused of something like this, um just as you know, it's like just makes you feel so much lower than if I was already, you know, like I don't need anybody else to take me down a peg. You guys know, I mean, we talk about this all the time. I, I'm fine where I am. I already know my status in the world. And we, that's why it's funny when, you know, you have a day like this and then the next day, you know, you are eating dinner with the Avengers or something. I mean, that is strange, but you know, for me, when the lows are like this, it's not, like it's probably better i guess than it happening to somebody like paul rudd who does have a lot to lose but at least you know um i don't know he's got a life you know it's like i don't even have any kind of existence or this is what it makes you feel like you know you're just so uh alone even though you know my friends are awesome my act you know that have been nice like jody and kenny and lee and Laura and Sarah and everything, and my sister, but. I am alone. jumping anywhere because you know that's if you jump um because like i said i was looking up possible ways to do it jumping is a huge mistake because when you're falling you're like "Uh uh-oh if you change your mind you you know you're kind of screwed uh well i mean most of the stuff if you change your mind you're you're kind of screwed but you know i mean like i've always said like a man needs to go out in a blaze of glory you know a gunshot to the head or through the mouth or something really weird and women can use pills but you know i'm way too much of a sissy so i think the best way is to robin williams it up and put my car in some form of garage and you know just kind of fall asleep that seems like a pretty good plan that's the one i've been looking at now i'm not gonna do it but certainly I can't stop thinking about it. I just want to die. I want to die. I really just don't want to, I don't want to live. I don't want to go back to work. I don't want to face any of these people. And I didn't do anything wrong. And I still, it's just the embarrassment of the fact that this has even happened that, that, you know, Joe and Caitlin have to distance themselves from me because of this. Or that even the managing partner who believed in me enough to to promote me has to go through this. That's what I said to him. I said, I'm really sorry that you have to go through this. I mean, I feel bad for them because they don't want to do it. Caitlin's got enough on her plate. She's like the COO, the HR person, the, the thing, because everybody's been quitting or leaving her or, or because mostly because I got promoted because nobody can believe it. Like I can't work in a world where Dave Juska was in charge of anybody. But, you know, so, I mean, I I don't want to burden the firm with such goddamn nonsense. I mean, this blows. Meanwhile, there's people out there who should probably be on some formal charges because me and we talk about it all the time, but nobody wants to bring this girl actually brought in a formal complaint, I guess. I mean, it's unbelievable. I don't know why or what it could be. And I guess next week we'll find out and I'll, I'll tell you more. And I mean, I'm hoping the sun will be shining and, 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 and. I'll be surrounded by friends maybe and and we can move on because I'm seeing Beetlejuice the musical on Thursday and what I would assume is a date. I asked four girls out this week. Once I'm telling you, I get more confidence if I'm opening for Sarah. Why shouldn't I, right? I asked four girls of different ages. I asked this horrible twat now. Um the you know, this other girl that we had a lovely time. 
somebody who's 48, and then this girl I'm taking a Beetlejuice who's, you know, 32, 33, 34. I don't know what she is, but it's right in between. Because I'm I'm single and I'm allowed to date, right? What am I not even allowed to date anymore because I'm too old? Is that is that the problem? I mean, that's what society's pretty much saying. But um now I can't I'm just like, God, I wish I wasn't going this week. I wish I I don't want to go out with any girls anymore. I just want to stop everything. But I'm hoping by next week, you know, we can talk about Beetlejuice and and uh, tell you how the musical is and just go back to our regularly scheduled programming. The funny thing is I've been setting up this thing where um, me and Gilbert and Frank Santapadre and Atel are doing a show together at the cellar. It's all, we already have the dates set. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm preparing something really fun and big and, and now I just don't want to do anything, obviously. I suppose it's easy to just do comedy because you're just acting, but it's hard because it does take a lot when you're, when you're, you know, in your soul feeling differently, which is why I couldn't keep it. I'm just not that kind of person. I couldn't keep it from people. I don't want to make the funeral about me, but I cannot not tell them what's bothering me because it's so, I wear it on my face. You, I'm, not that good an actor, I guess. I did the best I could, but it keeps coming up. Even if we're having a good time and I've forgotten about it for a period of time, it comes back up. At some point, somebody will say something. It triggers it. This has been the worst weekend, you know, just the worst weekend. I really feel like I'm I'm, I'm going to prison. Let alone, you know, I don't even know if I'm, I'm going to have a job. So then I'm thinking I got to move out of this place. And then, I mean, this is what's going through my head now. I'm like, you know, can I get a deal if I move out? Will they give me a, you know, a buyout? Um, and where am I going to live? And will I stay in the city? And I've asked, uh, you know, are there jobs at Live PD? I've uh, I asked somebody else, you know, are you hiring somewhere? Because I've, I, I'm going to have to look for other work. You know, in this day and age, a little girl like that can bring you down. But it's really not fair for somebody like that to prosper and me to go down. It's just so not. Nothing happened. I told my pants were on the entire time. That's when you go down. I mean, I don't. I I don't know. I'm thinking of you know get getting a lawyer. Maybe that guy that got me out of prison that time or something. Or I might do I bring in a lawyer on Tuesday? How does this work? I mean, this is so sad. Well, I got to take on my own firm? I'm going to lose. Unless I bring on my old boss, who I used to work for. <laughs> oh, I tell you that. You guys are in big trouble then. You do not want that. He's terrifying. I hope it doesn't come to that. I really don't. I mean, that would be so sad. You work in a place for 20 years. You have what you thought are lifelong friendships and then for something like this to happen, I, I guess it's like a divorce. I guess that's what divorce is like after 20 years. You know, you've been together all this time and then there's fighting and name calling and bickering. It's just, that's not the way Dave Juskow works, you know? Dave Juskow keeps friends forever. That's why I was at a funeral this day. This is my high school friend. Dave Juskow keeps friendships from his old jobs and and his old comedy buddies and his old elementary school friends. That's what I do. It's it's horrible. I don't know. I'm not sure. I There's nothing else I can do. That's the worst part. There's nothing else I can do. Uh, except, you know, play some of the clips that are lately making me happy. That I can't stop thinking about. And it keeps coming up. So, um... No, I'll just play this one. Where the fuck you get off talking to people about me behind my back going over my head? What people? What people would you think I wasn't going to find out? I don't even know what you're talking about, Nick. No? You said I'm bringing heat on you? 
I gotta listen to people because of your fucking shit? You're ordering me out? You better get your own fucking army, pal. I didn't do anything. I mean, I didn't order you or anybody. I only told Andy Stone that you had a lot of heat on you and that was a problem. You want me to get out of my own fucking town? Yeah, I said, let, let the bullshit blow over for a while so I can run the casino. Anything goes wrong with the casino, it's my ass. It's not yours, it's my ass. Uh, I don't know whether you notice or not, but you only have your fucking casino because I made that possible. I I'm what counts out here. Not your fucking country clubs or your fucking TV shows. And what the fuck are you doing on TV anyhow? You know, I get calls from back home every fucking day. They think you went batshit. I'm only on TV because I got to be able to hang around the casino. You understand that. You, you know that. Come on. Ass. You could have had the food and beverage job without going on television. You wanted to go on TV. Yeah, I did want to go on TV. That way I have a form. I can fight back. I'm known. People see me. They know they can't fuck around me like they could if I was an unknown. That's right. You're yeah. making a big fucking spectacle of yourself. Me? I wouldn't even be in this situation if it wasn't for you. You brought down so much fucking heat on me. I mean, every time I meet somebody here, the big question is, do I know you? Oh, sure. And now you want to bring your fucking license on me. No, Nikki, when you asked me if you could come out here, what did I tell you? I mean, you asked me, and I knew you were going to come out no matter what I said, but what did I tell you? Do you remember what I told you? Back, back do you up, remember back what I told you? Back up a fucking minute here. One minute. I asked you, when the fuck did I ever ask you if I could come out here? Get this through your head, you, never... you. Get this through your head, you Jew motherfucker, you. You only exist out here because of me. That's the only reason. Without me, you, personally, every fucking wise guy skull around, I'll take a piece of your fucking Jew ass. Then where are you gonna go? Your fucking warrant don't ever go over my fucking head again, you motherfucker, you. See, and that's, um, that, that's the kind of fights we should be having. None of this lawyer, you don't tell me what's happening. That's the way I want Joe to come into my office we have a fight like that. Now, that's a real manly fight. Because pretty much he could say all those things. You brought so much fucking heat on me. What was I supposed to do? I mean, now that's, see, that's the way things should be resolved. You're just screaming at each other in the desert. That's, now that's a show. That's a show. You brought so much fucking heat. What did you do? You asked me, should I come out here? And I said, I knew you were going to come out no matter what I said. Oh, and this one always makes us happy. Star Wars is a blockbuster motion picture that has everything a good movie should have. It has excitement, action, fun, and Star Wars has a few things that no other motion picture has ever had. A robot named C-3PO that talks, and one named R2-D2 who just beeps and clicks. It has the fearsome stormtroopers of a galactic empire and a hundred-year-old Wookiee, whatever that is. Yeah, that Mike Douglas, right? He knows his shit. Boy, that is funny every time. I got to say, uh, that makes me kind of happy. And of course, Peter Mayhew died, which was the last joke that I finally had that, you know, worked uh, that night I got booed off stage. <laughs> the one joke I had, maybe I could bring it back now that he's dead, but probably I better just not. Uh, but the guy that played Chewbacca, all those, for seven of the eight movies died the other day just before may the 4th be with you how do you like that oh my may the 4th was horrible they played all the star wars in order all the way up to the force awakens and you know i missed the the good ones you know they started in the morning and of course i was at the funeral and then you know all i got was the force awakens it was horrible all i wanted to see was the first three at least i got to see something Star Wars Day was on a Saturday, and I could have enjoyed it, and I, I didn't get to. And it's all because of this horrible girl at the office. Well, I don't know. You know, I guess that's it. What else can I say? I had to share. Uh, I really could not care less about talking about it um, on the podcast. I just don't care. I think it needs to be talked about. I don't think I, I, again, I don't know what the allegations are. So if for some reason, this podcast is the thing that brings me down. Well, then so be it, right? They can, they're not going to be able to take the podcast away. You know? I mean, maybe I'll have to sell the equipment. But I'll get the word out. You know, if I, if I have to quit my job or whatever. Uh, but, uh. Listen, we had to talk about it, right? We got to talk about it. If you're, if you're doing a podcast that's all about you and your goings on, then you got to be honest with people. And 
I mean, Jesus Christ, if I told you, you know, for a second, I was just like, I'm not going to tell anybody about my hair. And I'm like, how can I have a podcast about being real and honest and not tell them about what's going on? All of a sudden, they're like, boy, you have hair. And I'm like, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? Then who would listen? Because then it's all a big lie. So this is a horrible thing that's going on. And uh, by the next time we see each other, uh, we'll have more information, I guess. But, you know, it doesn't matter at this point because it's still... The embarrassment, the, uh, you know, a, a third suspension at this company. It's just so overwhelming. And, uh, you know, I don't I, I don't even know how I got through the talking about it today because I was really about to burst into tears. I, as much as I like to joke around about not caring about anything, I do care. And, um, you know, what can I say? I'm a sensitive guy. That's why most people think I'm gay, I guess. I cover it up and, uh, you know, doing the imitations and all that nonsense. But I'm very sensitive. I'm very sensitive. And that's just always the way it uh, has been. So, I don't know. It's all I got for today, right? I mean, I don't know what else to say. Uh, I'm sorry if it's not the uh, the podcast we were all looking forward to and... You know, not the joyous, uh, usual fun and games we have, but I don't know. For my money, I mean, these kind of podcasts, I think they're great because you just never know what you're going to get. And that's what TV shows and movies should be. And sometimes they're great and funny. And I mean, listen, our podcast, The Night Fly in general, is like crimes and misdemeanors. Sometimes it is laugh out loud funny. And sometimes it is a heavy dramatic tearjerker and that's just good podcast making that i believe no one else will bring you no one else please tell me on twitter if there's somebody else that's doing a podcast like this where you just do not know what you're going to get from week to week i dare anybody to and one that comes out every single goddamn week too you know what screw everyone else well, that's why we're here, and that's why you listen. I'm sorry if I got everybody down. I know you usually come to listen to good times, and good happenings, good tidings. But today's not that day. I'm sorry. But next week, we'll get back to normal somehow, right? Or at least, you know, we'll find we have a cliffhanger. We'll find out what happened. But I'll definitely, I'm, I'm seeing Beetlejuice no matter what. So I'll definitely tell you what's happening with that. And we'll take a look at that and see if it's worth seeing or seeing if it's worth any tony nominations that it has and we'll take it from there but uh for now everybody i hope everybody else has a great week i hope the sun is shining where you are because it is maybe the most important thing we have in our lives but i will be back next week don't worry about me i'm not ending anything sooner than later so um i'll be back next week and we'll talk again on the night fly with your pal And thank you, everybody, for being my friend of the podcast. We'll see you next time. Have a great week, everybody.